0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to your house this morning. We're excited to be in your house, to be seeking your will, to look upon your face. Lord, I ask that you would quiet our hearts this morning. That, Lord, even now, you'd be preparing us for the work you have for us. That, Lord, you would open our eyes to see a need that you would put upon our hearts and our minds the question, where do I fit? Lord, I thank you for your word that reminds me of your faithfulness and your truth, that you haven't forgotten about your people, that you continue to work And you allow us to work with you. The blessing is ours to be able to serve. May those opportunities be seen in that light. That ministry wouldn't be work, that we would all be ministers of yours and do it in a joyful way. Lord, as we look at your word today, I pray that it would be alive, it would speak into our hearts. That that word would be powerful. Written so many years ago and yet so relevant for this morning. May our eyes be open to see those needs that are in front of us. Scripture talks about scales being removed. Remove those scales so that we can see with your eyes. That we can see hurting people in which we come in contact with. That Lord, we can find healing as well. Lord, we ask that your word would be powerful today. You are a powerful and mighty God. I thank you that you have brought us together. May we not take that lightly. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Scripture today is out of Isaiah chapter 61. Some, ch- some verses in Scripture are more, tend to be a little more philosophical or you have to dig a little deep. Some of them are just like they put it right out there for you. And today's, I feel like, it puts it right out there for you. So I want you to listen closely as I read, because Isaiah is going to share a whole bunch of ways for us to reach out to those around us, to our neighbors, to be the hospital. Remember that? We're going to talk some about that this morning, to be the hospital to hurting people around us. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To provide for all those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work in your fields and your vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. Instead of shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice and hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make, them, make an everlasting covenant with them. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Lord God, we come to you this morning and we are reminded that there are some whose hearts are there this morning. Let us not forget those who are hurting, who are struggling, who barely made it here this morning. We're reminded, Lord, that you are the hope that we lean on. Lord, I pray that your words would be powerful this morning. You are a powerful and mighty God. You are a God who loves us, who loves on us and loves over us, and Lord, who has sent others to come alongside of us. Lord, as a church, may we see that vision and be directed and pointed in the direction that you would have us to be. May, Lord, we live our lives being followers of Jesus. Lord, may that be lived out in our daily lives. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You've been nominated, yes. Good morning. Good morning, I didn't know I was tired until I wasn't so tired. I'm really thankful. Brentley uh, jumped in for three weeks. I really did appreciate that. I thought he did a great job. And uh, like I said, I didn't know I was t- so tired until I wasn't so tired. And uh, I really was thankful. Christmas is, uh you guys are tiring. I just want you to know. <laughs> Wear me out. <laughs> <tiring>. <laughs> um, what, just as a quick side note, if you, about, a, I don't know, a month or two ago, probably two months ago, I... I mentioned that I had this book, uh, Man's Search for Meeting. It's uh, Viktor Frankl who was, uh, uh, was in uh, concentration camps. Not an easy read, uh, a challenging read because he, he shares that he went through four concentration uh, camps and survived. Um, I have it back. You're more than welcome to borrow it. I'll leave it up here if you want to borrow it. Uh, uh, really good reminder of... Uh, what it takes to survive, and understanding how difficult, uh, difficult things can shape you, I think is really what I got out of it. Not an easy read. I will warn you that it's not an easy read. It's not fluffy, uh, but interesting. Uh, so, yes, okay, so that was that. Thank you, Brentley. I wanted to make sure I did that. Um, I, have a, I, have a, I need you to do something. Take out your bulletin. Um, we're going to look at this scripture more than once this year. If you have a bulletin or you want to write on your hand, I don't care if your mom's not here. My mom's not here today, so I can write on my hand. Um, But if your mom's here and you don't want to get in trouble, you can write on a piece of paper. But I need you to write this question because I want you to begin to think about this question. And we're going to be thinking about this question all year long. I know that's a long time, right? That's a long time for people who uh, remember something today and gone tomorrow or remember something today and gone in 10 minutes. You're going to answer the question all year, Ken. I'm going to ask you this every week. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I want you to write down this question. Where do I fit? What's that? That we're reading? Today? Isaiah 61. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I want you to answer this question. All, we're going to talk about it all year in, in different chunks. We're, we're going to talk about the vision of Greenfield Baptist Church, and I want you to ask this question. Where do I fit? Question mark. And we will revisit this question periodically through, this, through the year. <laughs> Quiet, Wait. <for> <laughs> Veronica's trying to tell Kenny where he fits, I no. think. <laughs> trying to, try to tell me where I Oh, where you will. You will fit. No, that, it's not where you will fit, it's you will fit, Ken. That's, I think that's what she was trying to say. <laughs> so, today's sermon is a bit of a thinker. And I don't know if you came prepared to think. Did you come prepared to think today? I hope you came prepared to think a little bit. It's not a thinker like you think it's a thinker. Pretty good, huh? practice that for no <laughs> I'll try to unthink that. it's not a thinker in this big theological idea like how does the trinity work right because if we're honest and we think about the trinity that's challenging to my mind i have a hard time wrapping my brain at some point i have to just believe that it works because i can't wrap my brain my finite brain around this infinite idea or how free wo- will works or those big theolo- it's not one of those kind of sermons it's not a thinker in that way It's a thinker in asking yourself this question, where do I fit in God's vision for Greenfield? That's the question, and that's why it's a thinker. And see, we know from Scripture that we all have a spot. We all have a place in God's plan. If you're a believer in Christ, if you have said, yes, I believe that Jesus went to the cross, he died, he he rose again on the third day, he lived a perfect life, and I want to follow him Now through eternity, you have a plan and God has a plan for you in this world, right? That's the truth. And so you have to ask yourself, where do I fit in God's plan for Greenfield? Right? And see, we have ears and a mind to think, we have these Things that God has given us. And you know, we have a limited time on earth. I need to let you know that. I, I, I think it would be um, not good if I just didn't tell you that. I had a friend, a good friend actually, a good hunting buddy. Uh, I worked with him for about 23 years. Um, who passed away this past, a week ago, it would have been a week ago yesterday. 59 years old. Saturday, night, Saturday he was perfectly fine, Sunday he was gone. I don't know what happened. I talked to his family. They don't really know what happened. But I know God knew his days were ordained for that long, right? And Scripture reminds us in Psalms uh, 139 that he knew who you are and what you will do before you were born. He knows all about you. He knows how many days you have left. I don't know how many days I have left. But he knows how many days I have left. And he has ordained those days and I need to be making sure that I'm doing his plan in those days I have left. And guess what? It ain't only me. It's all us, right? It's all you all as my, or all yins if you're from Pittsburgh. My Pittsburgh buddy would say, it's all yins. He knew how long we would live. And we're still breathing. And you all got up today in spite of this nasty, yucky weather, which we have every year. It's January and and Erie, right? Looks like normal stuff to me. But you all got up, you were breathing and capable, and you got dressed. Thank you for getting dressed. And you all made it to church. And I don't want to waste your day. And that's why I want you to ask that question where do I fit? And I think it needs to begin by reminding you this, that God loves you, right? Because a lot of times we come and we don't, we're seeking that relationship, that connection. We don't always even know, if we're not believers, we don't even really understand what that means. But we know we want to be closer to God. We want this connection. We're feeling kind of lost and left out and there's a spot in our heart that isn't full. And we know we want this connection, Um, If you go further out away from Christianity, they would call it a higher power, right? That's what we know, I know, that that the only hole that's filled there is the Jesus hole. Uh, That's the only thing that will fill that hole in your heart. Um, A higher power idea is a nice, pretty idea, but the reality is uh, it's not true. And so I want to start by reminding you that God loves you, that you are loved for who you are in spite of what you've done, God still loves you. Thank you, Lord, right? (laughs) For any of us who have been redeemed, thank you, Lord, for loving me in spite of me. It's like marriage on steroids, I always jokingly say, right? My wife still likes me. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I wouldn't like me, right? It's going to be 30 stinking years, and she still likes me. Why? I don't know. You'd have to ask her. I always told her, I, I, always, I met her so young and she was so young and impressionable that she didn't know no better. <laughs> but I don't know what the excuse is now. <laughs> She's still here in 30 years. But it's like that on steroids, right? Because sometimes marriage relationships get, get strained and broken, but God's relationship, he, He's never going to be unfaithful. This scripture reminds me today, it says in uh, verse 8, I, um, in my faithfulness, I will reward them. And what am I going to give them? An everlasting covenant with them, eternity. That's what I'm going to give them. And so today, as we talk about the vision for Greenfield Baptist Church for 2020 and beyond, um, you may remember that last year we talked some about the hospital uh, idea. I, I just think that's a really cool visual, right? We spend a lot of time. We don't. I spend a lot of time going to the hospital, uh, visiting people who are there, looking at what happens there, watching uh, what they do to help people. Uh, and if you've ever been to the hospital, you realize pretty quickly that uh, there's there's really one focus, right? The focus is to make sure that the person they're dealing with is in one piece. Um, uh, first and foremost, their hearts and, heart and lungs have to be working, right? The, and their brain has to be on, and, and then they work their way out from that, right? They don't fix your finger, the scratch on your finger, until they make sure your, uh, your guts aren't falling out. I mean, right? And so there are some things that are more important than other things. And when you go in into uh, to the, the hospital, they take care of the big needs first, right? But when you first go into the hospital you go into triage. That's a nice, pretty word, right? Triage really is this idea that we're going to figure out what's most wrong with you and work on that first, right? Because we don't want to fix your fingernail if, something, if your heart's not working, right? We have to know where to start. And in the church setting, that looks a lot more like immediate needs to me. It looks like those things where I'm not sure I can make it out the door and out to back to my house. And so that's an immediate need right now, right? Or I'm not sure I can pay that bill that will keep my electricity on till tomorrow. And so that's an immediate need. And you can talk a lot about spiritual needs, but at this moment, I need this immediate need fixed. And so if the church's challenge is to try to build, um, to work into the spiritual needs along with those needs, those real immediate needs of, like, I don't have enough food to make it through the week. I need someone to get a hold of Jim King to get me to the food pantry to help me out so I have something for my kids to eat for this week, right? That's an immediate need. And the church, we do uh, a pretty good job, I think, at doing that. And so I want to talk, i am got ahead of myself, um, but I want to go there. Uh, there. So, th- So God's vision, I believe God's vision for Greenfield is to continue to to meet those needs. And I need to tell you that sometimes meeting those needs is messy. And I need you to come alongside of me in understanding that sometimes ministry is messy, and it's going to look messy, and it's going to look broken, and it's going to be challenging. Someone said to me, and I don't remember who, and if I apologize, I won't rat you out, because I don't know who said it. Someone said to me, you know what they did? They use the garbage, the salt hopper out there for cigarette butts. Ah! And I thought, yeah, you know who uses those, those, that hopper for cigarette butts? A family whose father passed away. A family whose grandfather passed away. Whose uncle passed away. Who were struggling to grasp death. And They didn't put them on the ground, so I guess that to me is a bet. That's a win for me. (laughs) But that one came to mind because it's like, yeah, I don't want the cigarette butts in the salt hopper either. And it's kind of messy, right? And yet, isn't that what God has called us to as believers in Christ, to do the ministry that sometimes is messy? To walk in this door Uh, and say and to introduce yourself to someone who maybe doesn't smell as pleasant as you do or who says a swear word in the midst of a conversation or whatever it might be ministry is messy and so I'm asking you guys to come alongside as we meet needs of people in our community to come alongside and understand that ministry is messy and it's okay right we don't have to condone those actions but we sure don't have to uh, browbeat people for those as well. And so I want to encourage you that we are dealing with hurting people. And I always think, I'm, I'm hurt too, right? I'm broken. And so sometimes I say things that I regret. Sometimes I go home and I say, that was the dumbest thing you've ever said. And then you know what I do the next week? I say something dumber. <laughs> so yeah. And sometimes it's like, why would you say that? And so you know what? I've learned sometimes the hard way, a lot of times the hard way, that sometimes I have to apologize and sometimes I have to be willing to realize that I've messed this up. And I encourage you to be that kind of people because that's what God would want us to be. So back to where I was actually. Goodness. I want to talk about the scripture because as I said, this scripture is super practical. It says, I need you... Isaiah says, listen, proclaim the good news. Proclaim the good news. Do you know what the good news is? The good, what's that? Jesus, the gospel, right? The good news is that this isn't all there is, people. Walking through this life isn't all there is. That Jesus came and was crucified and lived a perfect life and he sat in our spot. I promise you one thing as a leader of this church, if we do something of this church and it doesn't have Jesus' name on it in some way, shape, or form, we will not be doing it. I've said it to the boards and I'll say it to you. This is not a club. I don't know about you guys, I don't need a club. I got enough other things going on, right? We're going we're gonna to navigate understanding that everything we do points people towards Jesus in some way, shape, or form. It may not be as obvious in certain things. I will give you an example. The chili cook-off is one example that I think uh, people might say, well, how are you pointing them to Jesus, right? How are you pointing them to Jesus? You want to know how how we're pointing people to Jesus at at the chili cook-off? Ask yourself this question. How many times do you go somewhere and get free food and good fellowship and it doesn't cost you a penny? And it doesn't cost you a penny in a church setting. That's not normal. And if you don't believe me, come to the Chili Cook-Off and hang out and wait for the questions. I get a hundred of them. Where do I put the money? Where does the money go? You can't do this for free. Oh, we can do it for free. And we just did. <laughs> right? Right? I, 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 it's that simple. We don't want your I always tell people, my boss is the one who owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills if his if he's in it there's money to survive to support what's needed and it ain't about making money it's about using the money that God has given us wisely that's just one example at the chili cook-off you cannot believe how many times I, I spent time at a car show at the car show two years ago I stood out this window And I spent about 20 minutes with a gentleman who just couldn't wrap his head around having free breakfast at a car show and not costing him a penny to come to the car show and to to put his car there. He just could not wrap his head around it. It just was so foreign to him that someone, anyone would do that. Why would we do that? Almost like we were stupid or something. Honestly, he just could not grasp that idea that we would do that. And I thought, exactly, right? Isn't that exactly what we're after? It says, bind up the brokenhearted. Patch those open wounds. Meet the physical needs, the financial needs. There are counseling needs. There are times where we just come alongside of people and encourage them in the midst of a very dark and hard time. Bind up the brokenhearted. Isaiah says, proclaim freedom to those who are captive. I can't help but think of all those who have been uh, have been put in shackles and who are captive to the things of the world. Drugs, alcohol, uh, broken relationships, loss, all those things that they get, they get so hung up and they can't find any way out. It says, be light in the darkness. Or in some versions it says, uh, give sight to the blind. To shout God's favor. Comfort those who mourn. You don't know how many times I go to a funeral home and I will see people there who are from Greenfield who don't know the person any more than I know the person who's in the casket. And yet they know someone involved and they want to be there and they want to minister in that very difficult time. It's not for everybody. It's kind of hard sometimes and difficult. But man, am I thankful that God's people here understand that part. Provide for those who grieve. I can't help but think of Grief Share. I don't know about you, but if there was one, one, uh, one program I'd probably like to not do in Greedfield, would be that, right? I always, I always tell Amy Beardsley, I say, Amy, that's not one that people are signing up because they're excited to go to. Right? <laughs> no one wants to go to Grief Share. And yet it's so powerful because it works through the loss that people have. And it gives you someone to stand along next to and to understand that God is still in the midst of a very dark and hard time. That being said, there, was, there is a grief share starting in North Harbor. I don't remember the dates, but I have them. I can get them for you. Beauty instead of ashes. Joy instead of mourning. Praise instead of despair. These are the things that we have to offer. Praise instead of despair. Christian, your faith makes your life different. You should look different. I don't care what you're... What your circumstances of life looks, you should look different than non-believers. Even when life is difficult and hard. And he says, you know what they'll look like? They'll look like oaks of righteousness. Oh, that was my never mind. I'm way behind today. Oaks of righteousness. You know what's really cool about oak trees? I love oak trees. It's just, there's a couple reasons. One deer like oak trees, (laughs) and I like deer. (laughs) Yeah, the wood is beautiful, right? One of my favorite—that is my favorite wood. Wood oak is beautiful, but it's so strong and so mighty. And in Scripture, it talks about the oaks of righteousness. And I think about how powerful those trees are, and how big they get, and the root systems are huge, and they're—and they just oh, man. They stand so tall and they represent, um, it says, they represent God in his splendor. And so when we look like those oaks of righteousness in our Christian faith, we represent God in a good light, in a good way. You know, we meet immediate needs. A lot of times the immediate needs met, met here happen behind the scenes. I need to let you know that if you're on a deacon board or a trustee board, or you may you will hear some more of that. If you're in the general public, you might not hear all those things. Mostly because when we're helping someone financially, no one wants their uh, no one wants people to know what's going on in their lives when they're struggling or when we're meeting some other need of. Um, sometimes when we're helping people move, we might we do announce that, or we've done a few roofs. Uh, installing ramps and things like that we might hear about. A lot of times though, just so you know, a lot of those things happen behind the scenes. If you're a deacon, you're like, yeah, I see it all. We About weekly we have something going on somewhere where we're helping people meet uh, a need. If you're from the outside, you don't maybe know that. And so I want to encourage you that if you have a need, if there are needs to let me know, let Brentley know, let uh, uh, a deacon or deaconess know and uh, allow us the opportunity to help. Second, God's vision for Greenfield is to either construct or reconstruct faith. In the Scripture scripture that we're looking at, verse 4 through 7, talk about rebuilding the ancient ruins, building uh, what was gone and busted up, and rebuilding that and making it alive again. Um, there was this scripture was pointed towards the Israelites, reminding them. At this point, they're they're out and about, right? They're scattered, and they're hoping to get home. And we don't understand that sense real well, right? Because none of us have ever been torn from our own country and are refugees in some other country, hoping to come back to our home. And so that's not a real normal sense for us. Uh, but these people were people who were displaced. They were pushed out. And so their hope was, there's a chance I'll get back. I'll get back to where I was. That things will be restored. That they would have a home and a town and a place to call home. That maybe their relationships would be restored. I think about Broken relationships and what we see. Divorce comes to mind because uh, it's hard. Death of a loved one is hard. Losing our job is hard. When our kids leave their, the shelter of our house, that is hard. And all these relationship changes in our life. And if we don't have somewhere to go to and we don't have a faith to lean on, what are we leaning on? Scripture in verse 5 says, listen, I'm going to give you so much that you're going to need employees. Those are employees, by the way, on the left. They probably wouldn't be my employees, but I don't. What's that? Payday, Payday yeah. The Scripture says you're going to need people, foreigners, to help you run the land. You know why? Because God is going to give you those blessings. That Scripture says to Israel, remember that it's not going to always be like it is today. There will be a time when you have a place to inhabit, and there will be a place to, to set your feet and to lay your head, and a place to to build and to grow. And it's going to be good enough that you will have employees. You will have need of others to help you manage it. It'll be better than it was before. You're gonna you're gonna learn. You're gonna they're gonna we're gonna be have people who. Um, who you teach and you grow, and the double portion idea do you know the double portion idea i, I didn 't realize how bad this was um, but there 's this idea in the Old Testament that the firstborn would get a double portion, so everybody got their share, but the the oldest would get double that, and it talks about that um, in Genesis, but it also in uh, in first Samuel. Hannah, who could not bear a child, got a double portion from her husband because he loved her so. And so God, in His wisdom, loves us the same way. So we have an opportunity this week to help people reconstruct or construct their faith. And it's a really cool opportunity of ministry for this church. And none of us are going to be here. Maybe Brentley, I think. (laughs) There is a drug and alcohol rehab that just started up in in Erie. And I got a call last week. There's a young man in the drug and alcohol rehab who wants to be baptized. And a pastor, the chaplain of the drug and alcohol rehab with a very spiritual connect, uh, the drug and alcohol rehab has a very spiritual uh, direction, which is really cool, said to me, I'm looking for a baptistry. And I jokingly said, well, yeah, because the lakes kind of froze over at the point, this point. So it's going to be a little challenging to do that. And he said, you know, I've been working on trying to get a baptistry and I couldn't find one because people didn't want to fill it for one person. And I was taken back by that a bit, you know, and I was like, ooh. He said, I, he said my next call was the why. If I couldn't get you guys, I was going to go. Come to find out this young man, I don't know how old he is, is uh, interim pastor at Centerville right now. Um, And he's also a full-time chaplain down there. So tomorrow, and I wanted to do it during a service, right? I thought we could do it, be cool to do it during a church service. But because of um, HIPAA laws and protecting their identity in the midst of trying to get help, um, we won't be doing that, which is a little bit of a bummer, but still really cool. Um, Tomorrow afternoon, there actually will be two young men. Who will be baptized here in a very uh, small service of a bunch of people who are in rehab in the 30-day program um, who are looking to get their faith back in line. And he's like, are you okay? Yeah, it's awesome, is it not? It, it is. It's, it's super cool that God used the papagistry, right? <laughs> I had to clean the bugs out of it. I got them out, Sally. <laughs> it was my fault, not Sally. Sally's like, oh, if you're going to put water in there, you better... Clean the bugs. I said, yeah, too late. I didn't see the bugs until I put the water in and I was like, I'll scoop them out. I scooped them out. We're all good, Sally. (laughs) We're all right. (laughs) And Sally had a very, you know what Sally said? At least it ain't the lake. (laughs) But I'm excited. I'm excited. And I think you should be excited too that God is using this church on a Monday afternoon when all of us will be doing something other than here. God will be using this church, and the heat's going to be on as it is, and it'll cost us a couple gallons of water, and uh, I'm just excited, and I'm, I'm, my prayer is this, and I'd ask for your prayers, that God would continue to use us in that drug and alcohol rehab somehow, some way. I don't know what that looks like, uh, but I'm hoping by the end of the next, this year and into next year, we have a better understanding of that. Finally, and we're way over, so Sorry what happens when you give me a couple weeks off I get excited finally to help install hope in the future in verse 8 I told you that verse already I the Lord love justice and I hate robbery and iniquity and in my faithfulness I will reward them with an everlasting covenant with them he reminds us through Isaiah that that covenant is still good today that everlasting covenant that was then is still now. I know that's hard to read. Um, but I, if you like to do extra reading, I just want to encourage you. Luke chapter 4. This passage that we're looking at in Isaiah 61, Jesus actually, after he comes out of the desert and is, uh, um, I don't want to say tortured, and I know that's not the wrong word. Come on, brain tempted. Thank you, Ken. I could not think of the word. After Jesus is tempted in Luke chapter 4, he goes into, uh, into the synagogue. You may remember this passage. He goes in there and he's given a scroll. And he's given a scroll and he opens the scroll. It just says, he is given the scroll and it's, a scroll. it's Isaiah that he's given. And as he opens it, this is the scripture that he reads. This Isaiah chapter 61. He reads it as a prophecy. And then, and people are like freaked out in the synagogue. They're like, whoa, what just happened? I don't, I, we don't have much time to talk about that, but I, I would encourage you that if you want to read some more of that, read chapter four of Luke. It's pretty powerful. Um, the hope is this the hope is that Jesus makes the difference in our life, does he not? And I want to encourage you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know what that means, you don't understand that, or if you've heard it, but you don't really. Um, have a sense that uh, there's any difference in your life, I would love to sit down spend some time and talk to you. I'd love to pray with you and love to encourage you and disciple you. And w- That's what this is about. This is not about just checking the boxes of, I made it to church, right? Cha-ching, I made it to church on Sunday. I sat in my, I sat in my spot because I like my spot better than I like all your others. It's not about that. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about the difference that He makes in our life today, and for eternity. And I'd love to spend some time talking about that. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you today and we are so thankful for your word. Thankful, Lord, to be reminded that we are a hospital for broken souls. That, Lord, you have given us an opportunity to share your message in the world, to share your message in Greenfield and in our uh, surrounding area. Lord, I pray that you continue to use this church in powerful ways. I thank you for all the leadership that you have given us in so many areas. Lord, we are blessed with people who want to work. And Lord, I ask that you continue to open the doors to help us minister in this area. That Lord, you give us wisdom and direction, that you would guide our every thought, our every plan, that Lord, nothing would go Uh, to the left or to the right that everything that we would do would be directed pointed exactly in the direction you would have us to go and Lord that we would seek you in everything and Lord when we get away from that and we stray I pray that you would uh, would remind us that you are still in control today when we get on our, our high horse and we think we're all that Lord remind us that we are sinners saved by grace just like everyone else. Lord, may we, in our hearts, be willing to share the the gospel, the love that was shared with us at some point and the difference that it makes. In your name we pray. Amen.